0: This is Trav Johnson with the Access the Story podcast, discovering more about faith formation, culture and the story of God. You can follow us at accessthestory.com or you can follow me at travjohnson.com.
1: And he was the one that I was always convinced that if if I was going to get a call from the police about anybody Mm. being found dead at a bus stop, (laughs) it was going to be him. Yeah, right. And I saw him and he and he hugged me and we had a great chat and um, he was telling me, and he's not doing great in life, but that relationship was there. Yeah.
0: There are words used in faith formation that everybody seems to latch onto and they often mean different things to different people. Discipleship is one such word. Now I'm grateful that Beth Hoy is helping us breathe life into our understanding of discipleship and backing it up with some real-life examples. We are with Beth Hoy again, talking about discipleship today. Hi, Beth. Hey. We have Hosanna here in the in the play corner eating a cake
1: mm-hmm. as well.
0: So Sounds hopefully we'll hear from her at yeah. some point during this conversation. <laughs> um, so discipleship is um, different people mean different things when we use the term discipleship. Yeah. And you and I have just talked about this idea that sometimes um, uh, a word becomes kind of the you know the latest fad in church circles and I'm wondering whether in recent times discipleship has perhaps been subject to that. Yeah. Uh, And I'm interested in hearing from you when we talk about discipleship and particularly among young adults and and older teens. Yes.
1: um,
0: What has been your experience or your journey uh, around this this topic?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love, uh, it was only just recently, this isn't something I've gone by for a long time, but I I read a book uh, by Dallas Willard. On discipleship, and mm. he he likes to use the word as apprentices. Yes, great. Um, rather than disciples, mm. um, because I guess it kind of reshapes the word, and at risk of you know getting caught up in another fad yeah, <laughs> or yeah, yeah. another another yeah. word. What I like about that is it it puts us at the feet of Jesus mm. um, to learn from him and to be like him. And, and strictly speaking, and again I'm talking theoretically, but th- th- that is what discipleship should be, yeah. how we're teaching young people to be like Jesus, to look mm. more like Jesus mm. um, in this world. Not just young people, obviously discipleship is a lifelong journey but because my context is young people. Mm. Um, so uh, I guess I, I shared earlier about how I feel like I experienced really good discipleship in my very upbringing mm. um, and I recognised the need for really intentional investment in, um, to see faith that sticks. I was blessed enough to have that in my family. I mm. know not everybody is, mm. but it made me feel that great sense of conviction in my role as a youth pastor and in my role now um, to try and help people understand the importance of really intentional investment to model mm. what it means to look like Jesus. That's the other mm. thing. Sometimes we can reduce discipleship down to a theory yeah. or a program yeah. or a list of things that you do. Yeah rather than just something you have to live to begin with. Mm. So I think it's two parts. I think it's living it. I think it's modelling it. And so what that means is we have to be apprentices ourselves. We have to be disciples ourselves and um, not assume that it's only when your young people see you Mm. that, um, you know, you have to be modelling Jesus because yeah. you can run into them in the supermarket. They can look at your photos on Facebook and on Instagram. And yeah. um, I think it's every single moment of our lives trying to be like Jesus so that we have a foundation to start with, yeah. to show them, well, this is me doing my best yeah. and, this is, and I'm going to try and help you. And then beyond that, it is a, an intentional investment in the life of an individual mm. to um, shape them and to direct their eyes back to Jesus. Yeah,
0: it's good. One of the things that comes to mind uh, as you've been talking about that um, is the um, is a question of why is this why is this important mm. for you? So is it is it a fear that uh, the emerging generation? Isn't being discipled, or you're not seeing that happen, yeah. um, or has it? Uh, are, are you recognising that um, there, there is a challenge of maybe lack of integrity in in, uh, in those who might call themselves leaders? Like yeah. what? Uh, uh, and I've given some like some random sure, examples sure. there, but for for you, why is this subject yeah. um, important to be thinking about and talking through?
1: Yeah, um, I think it's very easy to claim to belong to something when you're young. Sure. Right? I'm yeah. a Christian. I'm a goth. I'm yeah. A, yeah. a footballer. Yeah. Um, you know, that sense of belonging and putting a title to it. And, and I think young people can kind of attach that to I'm a part of a youth group, so I'm a Christian. Or, yeah. or I grew up in a Christian home, so I'm a Christian. Yeah. Um, but I have seen too many of those people 10 years on, 15 years on, f- flaking Um, or saying it but not living it, or just not not at all walking with Jesus anymore. And that's just tragic to me. And I know sometimes that's out of our control. Um, I know that it's not something you can just nail or not, you know, discipling someone. And maybe some of those people received the best opportunity of the discipleship they could have had and they they just chose to give it up. But I, I think there should be that sense of urgency and desperacy to to go, well, we need to give every shot we can now to develop something that is deep, roots that are deep, that go beyond the surface Mm. so that when life begins to challenge that, they've Mm. got something to hold on to. Mm. And I don't know if it's actually done that well Mm. in the church. Mm. Um, I think because of, um, I mentioned before about consumerism and and our fast-paced society, we're looking for the fastest, easiest, quickest way to do it yeah. and I think it's actually just a slow burn <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah um so yeah but I kind of strayed from your point there why is it so important yeah. it's so important because we have to see faith that sticks it's yeah when Jesus um you know said in Luke I think it's Luke 14 when he's challenging people following him um to let the dead bury their own dead yeah. um the the son of man has no to rest his head um you must hate your very life, your father, mother, brother, to be my follower. Um, He's giving them the hardest aspects of it because he wants to see their faith stick. Yeah. He's not going to sell them something shiny. Yeah and then take it away from them, it's not bait and switch. It's yeah. like, no, nah, this is this is hard guys and this is life and yeah. this is actually gonna take all of you. Yeah. So be willing to pick up your cross because yeah. that's actually what it's gonna take to make it to the finish line. And his heart and his compassion is to see those people take it to the finish line. Yeah. I, weather, I wonder whether we're still tempted to sell something shiny mm. and and that's not that's not enough, It's not yeah. good enough. Yeah. And um, I think it's a slow burn and I think that's what we need to be teaching.
0: The long weekend calls out to us. Busy roads, barbecues, speedboats, sunscreen. The story we're living seems so far removed from the story this weekend commemorates. We know the challenge in schools, churches or even on the family getaway. Unless we create the opportunity to gather around it, the power of the Easter story is swallowed up by the four-day weekend. That's why we've developed Crushed, an interactive story pack that will enable your group to experience the story afresh. Over 45 minutes, you will journey your group through the five scenes provided and then see how the Easter story might shape your long weekend. Go to accessthestory.com, click on the banner, and we'll send you this free story pack. That's accessthestory.com. Beth has already said that following Jesus isn't always an easy path, and now she unpacks how to push through the resistance of helping others follow Jesus. And, and I think there is that that sense that um, uh, that Jesus call is is toward human flourishing. Mm. It is toward oh, yeah. peace. It's is, is toward Absolutely. love and joy. Yep. Um, but that that path of the kingdom of God under under God's reign yes. is also a hard reality. It means hard yeah. choices. Of yep. if we're pursuing this narrow path, and, and the narrow path meaning that sometimes it's a more difficult path yes. to take. Yes, um, means that there's choices of what we're not. Kind of involve ourselves in, or, yeah. or or the 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 longevity, or the yeah. you know the discipline of uh, reconnecting with yeah. who God is daily, or whatever that whatever that looks like. Yeah. Um, there are there are hard choices in that. Yes, um, and you've already mentioned. Uh, some perhaps examples that uh, that are really, uh, I guess, you know, there's it's, it's a sense of pushback or resistance. Mm-hmm. What are some of the pushback um, from your perspective on, on the subject of, of discipleship amongst the emerging generation? Push
1: Pushback with um, trying to help leaders understand how to disciple or pushback with people when we're encouraging, so like, you know, the individual we're trying to disciple? Is that yes. Or <laughs> <both>. <laughs> Talk to me about um, that. So the the pushback um, I think in trying to equip leaders, I mentioned to you before, I don't I don't think any not the leaders that I work with would disagree with anything that I've yeah, just said. Yeah. They would be all on board. Yeah. Yes, it's all about people, yes, yes. it's about investment, yes, yes. it's about um, giving them a realistic idea of the walk of faith, both the joys and the blessings and the challenges so that we can, you know, but but I don't know if we um, are always making room in our lives to give it what we believe. Does yeah. that make sense, the, the long-term investment? And my, my experience, and I haven't always done this really well, yeah. but the long-term investment means you go to their school graduation.
0: Yeah.
1: You go to their... Um, terrible 18th birthday party where they all want to go clubbing in the city i remember yep. doing that as a 27 year old youth yep. pastor she was 18 and she wanted to go for her 18th go clubbing in the city and i hated every second of it yeah. but i was there
0: yeah.
1: um you know I, I i think it's knowing their parents i think it's remembering their birthdays like you know it, it's a real investment and yep. and I uh, i think the very way that our lives are shaped the demands on young pastoral ministry, youth pastoral ministry, children's pastors, um, doesn't actually allow a lot of space for mm. that. Or, or we overcommit ourselves, mm. and um, which I'm terribly guilty of. Mm. Um, you know, I always wanted to believe I could disciple um, six people rather yeah. than probably what's more realistic for me, which is more like two.
0: Yeah, okay. Yeah.
1: Um, so... Yeah, I I think that's probably one of the resistance, just the way our lives are shaped. Yeah. Which, again, was why I'm an advocate of family discipleship. Yeah. Because it's very natural for you to get one-on-one time with your kids. Yeah. Um, But I also think, uh, and Steve Biddle talks about this, there's there's an age of development where kids start to need people outside of mum and dad um, to to get a sense of the world. And I think in the church that means... um, people outside of their mum and dad. At a certain age, it gets really important that the youth pastors, that the young leaders yeah. show kingdoms that you belong that. and we care about you yeah. and the Can kingdom's bigger that? than that. Yeah. Can I read that? Yeah. Sure, baby. <laughs> Did I answer your question, Trevor? Yeah,
0: I think so. <laughs> one, of the, one of the things that um, I, I might, I, I, I'd affirm what you're saying in regards to at a certain yeah, uh, stage of development. Yeah. There is a need for an increase of network uh, for the support of of a young person. Yeah, uh, and th- that's been our experiences uh, that we've been so grateful for. Uh, people who volunteered to make themselves available, to be part of it, like a youth ministry program, but also invest time into. Um, being part of that network for yeah. our own for our own for kids, boys, yep. um, and one of the things that we've tried to prioritize is the is actually the like the care of those who are caring for our <laughs> yes. young people as well. We're uh, recognizing, uh, that, encouraging them, pulling them aside, and going, "When you did that uh, six months ago, it was amazing." Yeah. Just letting you know, yeah. um, and, uh, uh, and and praying for them, letting them know we're praying for them. Yeah. And so, uh, for me, yeah. uh, part of a discipleship community is actually noticing those yeah. who are contributing. Into the lives of yes. those that we care about Absolutely. and caring for them as well so um, that's and so there's th- there's moments where i've seen a sense of um a sense of uh you know traction or flourishing happen um mm. what about you when have you seen things happen at their best is there a moment is there an example that you can think wow that's that's a that's a really that, that's fruit there. yeah
1: yeah um, so i think i think one thing for me, and again, this isn't patting myself on the back. This is just if you're talking about fruits and successes. Yep. I, um, all of the people, uh, which are mostly young women, that I consider myself to have intentionally invested in yep. discipleship through my adult ministry, are still walking with Jesus. that's yeah, great. <laughs> now, I'm not saying that's because of me, mm. but I like to think that God used me mm. in that process um, and that those investments mm-hmm. meant something. Mm-hmm. Just as an example, mm-hmm. I, um, mm-hmm. I um, was at a supermarket recently, just a couple of weeks ago actually, and I ran into mm-hmm. a young guy um, that mm-hmm. used to go to my youth mm-hmm. ministry yep. mm-hmm. and I uh, haven't seen him in eight years um and he was the one who like just completely rough background and he got there every weekend, and we unashamedly teach the gospel to these kids but he was there not from a Christian background um and he was the one that I was always convinced that if anyone if I was going to get a call from the police about anybody mm. being found dead at a bus stop yeah <laughs> it was going to be him yeah right and I, and I saw him, and he and he hugged me, and we had a great mm. chat. And um, he was telling me, and he's not doing great in life, mm. but that relationship was there, yeah. and that meant the world to me. Yeah. And um, I I walked away, um, just praying for him, um, that thanking God for that, and just you never know you never yeah. know what those years of investment yeah. did in this yeah. in this young guy yeah. um and I just love that after those years I can still see him and he still he he was excited to see me to talk yeah. to me to tell me about his life yeah. um and his struggles as well yeah. and I could still be compassionate and include him in yeah. some small part of my life yeah. um so I think that that sort of stuff. It's small. I love
0: that story because um, so, so we, we like so there's there's two examples you've you've given. One is that uh, the young women that you've in, intentionally invested in, you mm. have seen fruit. There's a sense mm. of them walking with Jesus. Mm. Um, but but also there's an example here where um, maybe there's maybe there's fruit, but it's not necessarily what. I think it should be at a yeah. certain time in and, and yeah. place. Yeah. Um, but the reality is that that young man has experienced community and he's yeah. recognised that. And, That's it. Um, and like I said, there's a relationship there yeah. and there's an, there's an openness yeah. for him to talk to you about the reality of his life. Yeah, and yeah. surely those things are a part of a discipleship culture yes. as well as someone uh, who's you know maybe praying regularly or reading their Bible yeah. or involved in mission. Yeah. Um, th- th- those experiences of community yeah. and yeah. vulnerability and, and – um, uh, this shaping of who I am, yeah. becoming as as a child of God, yeah. uh, are just as just as valuable yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, as the as the, the the boxes that we normally tick. Yeah. Yeah, bit, If that makes yeah, sense. yeah, yeah. Um, That's that's really good.
1: And just another little story, if I could yeah. share, not my story, but my husband's story, um, Llewellyn, who's a youth pastor of my church. And um, just recently he got feedback from, because what you were talking about, encouraging yep. um, people who have encouraged your yeah. kids. And, you know, that's kind of that circular yeah. community of discipleship. yes. yes. Um, and one of the guys, one of the young leaders in our church is just really stepping up into leadership at the moment and he was encouraging him through text message and this young guy texted him back and, and was telling him how when Llewellyn first came on as the youth pastor, he didn't like him very much. Um, and, and, and my husband was quite aware of this. Yeah. Um, And despite that, uh, he still attended. Llewellyn attended um, this young guy's uh, a significant um, life event for him. Yeah. Went to the house. He attended um, to to show his support and stuff like that. And this young guy was telling him those years ago when he did that, that was a real turning point for him. That it it said something to him. Yeah. Um, Despite his feelings and his his um, you know misconceptions and and uh, how he'd perceived him. Yeah. Um, you know, that said something about yeah. his investment and his care and um, that, you know, it's come full circle now. Yeah. They get along really, really well. That's really good. Um, but, again, that's what I'm talking about, the the slow burn. It's not convenient and it's yeah. not always obvious. Like yeah. why you feel like this kid doesn't
0: yeah.
1: want me around, yeah. why would you still do it? Yeah. It's just the decision So those are, those are
0: choices of love, aren't they? They are
1: absolutely yeah. choices of love and yeah. they're not always the nicest feeling choices Yeah. Um, or convenient ones. Yeah, it's good. But, but God uses those yeah. because it's actually us saying, I'm putting myself aside yeah. for the sake of you.
0: Yeah. I
1: care about your life. Yeah. Um, you know. And I think that's the thing you've got to say to those people. God cares about your life. I care about your life. Yeah. This is a kind of, you're hitting you at two points there. You can't yeah. just theoretically say, God loves you, God loves you. Yeah. But I don't actually care about you that much. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's God loves you and so do I. Yeah. And from those two angles, yeah. we're going to try and help you understand this and live it for yeah. yourself.
0: The long weekend calls out to us. Busy roads, barbecues, speedboats, sunscreen. The story we're living seems so far removed from the story this weekend commemorates. We know the challenge in schools, churches or even on the family getaway. Unless we create the opportunity to gather around it, the power of the Easter story is swallowed up by the four-day weekend. That's why we've developed Crushed, an interactive story pack that will enable your group to experience the story afresh. Over 45 minutes, you will journey your group through the five scenes provided and then see how the Easter story might shape your long weekend. Go to accessthestory.com, click on the banner, and we'll send you this free story pack. That's accessthestory.com. I'm calling Beth out on her statement that the church often doesn't do discipleship well. Hear what she has to say. I'm going to push into something you've said uh, earlier on. You, you, you've mentioned, maybe even in passing, you said, sometimes I feel like the church doesn't do discipleship well. Yes. Um, and I, I'm going to invite you to unpack that sure. a little bit, if that's all right. Uh, and I know it's a risk because you, you know, you're employed by the, the church, etc., etc. et cetera. Et cetera, et cetera sure. But uh, what, what is it that you mean? by that what have you seen um and yeah and, and alongside of that i guess is what are, what are you suggesting um for people to implement yeah in order to provide uh environments for for good disciple making yep. uh to happen to for good apprenticeship no, that's to happen. good yeah
1: that's good i'm glad you um called me on that because you can't <laughs> make big claims like that and let them sit and like just to kind of clarify. Uh, I mean, I work for the Baptist churches. I can only really comment on the Baptist churches. Sure, yeah. um, I'm sure other churches do great as well. Yeah. I actually think the heart and the intention of most of our Baptist leaders is stellar. Yep. They love Jesus, they love their people, mm. and their heart is to see them thrive. Mm. Um, I don't think it's an issue of people being calloused yeah. or, um, yeah, not, not caring. Not caring. I, 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 yep. I don't think that's the case. Yep. Um, I One of the things that I observe and I don't think this is – no, I'll just, I'll just say it. One of the things that I observe is we tend to, um, with the professionalisation of ministry – we, we ha- employ a youth pastor, a children's pastor, to do the youth ministry and the children's ministry. Mm. And then they have their volunteer leaders who you're allowed to distribute some tasks to, but they're not the employed people. Yeah. You know, they're, they're not being paid for it. Yes. So there's also yep. a little bit of detached yep. um, attitude there that, you know, we, we are – and I don't think anyone would ever say, like, we're paying you to do this, you know. Yeah. Maybe a few people, but I don't think many, but there's this kind of expectation that lies beneath the surface. Yeah. Um, And so we kind of reduce huge responsibilities of the community down to a few people. Yeah, yeah. Um, And I think a lot of our young youth pastors and children's pastors feel that responsibility and they don't know what to do with it because it's a very overwhelming task when you go, here's 22 kids in your kids' ministry. Um, teach them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's your job. Yeah. Um, and and is you what know, we're paying you for. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Here's 15 kids in the youth ministry. And that's yeah. not a very big youth ministry yeah. by our standards. Yeah. But here, individual youth pastor who's paid two days a week, here's 15 kids. Yeah. Go disciple them. Yeah. And so you've got the youth pastor thinking, I've got to go to every school graduation. I have to go to every 21st. I have to, you know. Yeah. Um, Whereas it's not that it, the way Jesus talks about it, he calls his disciples to go and make disciples. Yeah, He's not calling, he didn't just pull Peter out. and yeah. Well, he did say some hard words to Peter, but yeah. you know what? Like, It wasn't just the commissioning of Peter. Yeah, um, It was the commissioning of his disciples yeah. to go and make disciples. I actually think it's the responsibility of the entire church community yeah. to be getting behind um, young people in their discipleship. Yeah. And so if we, all of us, took that responsibility seriously you can divide up those responsibilities and it's quite achievable mm. um but the problem is we just we don't see it as everyone's responsibility yeah. um and in fact we've almost siloed um yeah. that the old people it's not really their place yeah to have a, uh, a hand uh, in the life of the young people. Yeah. It would seem weird to have the 80-year-old rock up to the high school graduation of the 17-year-old. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we kind of have made that a weird thing in our head. But yeah. I, I, if I look at the way Jesus has taught us to do community, I don't think it should be weird. I think yeah. it should be very natural. Yeah. And I think there would be a lot to learn as well if we were to be engaging in that kind of mm. Intergenerational relationships yeah. um, across the churches. Yeah. So, that's. A, I hope that doesn't sound too simplistic. No,
0: but that just gives a tangible example of permission giving of, of noticing mm. the value in in community, of maybe maybe seeing those who are responsible for you know the fifteen or twenty two kids yeah. uh, to find ways. Mm. Uh, to, um, uh, to see intersection happen between those young people and, and other members of the community yeah, yeah. Um, and and, um, and so there's a, there's a tangible um, uh, yeah, there's a tangible example of, of mm. how I can push into this space mm. where there's an environment for uh, formation to happen <laughs> in, our ch- in in the value of what God's given us in this church community yeah. rather than paying someone to, to run a program yeah. and, and hopefully it works out yeah
1: um,
0: so I think that's that's really so the way really I see it.
1: We should be paying the youth pastors, the children pastors to empower the people of God to be doing that work rather than taking it on themselves individually. Um, But we've got a long way to go before we can really challenge the mindset that kind of exists in the church, which again is not ill-intended. No, It's not. People with good hearts who love Jesus really want to see the best. I think it's just a matter of beginning to ask those questions again. Why do we do it this way? Why have we siloed? Why is it that it feels so unnatural? For, to to have a 53 year old youth leader yeah,
0: yeah.
1: does it have to yeah. um you know what is what is it that god calls us what is it jesus calls us to be as the community of god
0: yeah
1: um yeah. Just to begin to ask those questions again and challenge
0: it. And, and, and I'd say I'd, I'd add to that, Beth, as well. From a, again, from a parent's point of view of, mm. of uh, recognizing the pull of our of our culture mm. uh, and the priorities that our culture is in, uh, 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 you know, thrusting upon us. Uh, that it's so easy to neglect the the need to invest in our in our children um, yes. and and to invest in the community itself that our, that we hope our children will will thrive in yeah, as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, I think there's a there's a sense where you know, churches and youth leaders and youth pastors need to ask those questions. Yes. Um, but, but so do I.
1: Yeah. You know, as a, yep. as a parent,
0: yep. um, I I need to be thinking. Okay, how do I, how do I see my my kids mm-hmm. and the peers of my kids mm-hmm. uh, find an environment that's going to engender a sense of belonging,
1: yeah.
0: uh, a sense of acceptance, yes. a sense of uh, being challenged, a sense of what it what it means to, to deal with authority appropriately. Yep. Yep. Um, all those sorts of things are a part of this discipleship Absolutely. journey that, that I want my children to be. Um, experiencing so, yeah. Yep. yeah, that's good. Have you got anything to add to this conversation as we as we wrap up? Like, I, I love what you've said uh, in <laughs> regards, and I, and I loved how you know you've responded to me. Going actually, you've said that the church doesn't do this well, and your response <laughs> to that's been really, uh, really helpful, uh, yeah. honest, and refreshing. Yeah. Um, but also, I, I think um, you know, so, uh, 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 there's an opportunity for a tangible response, recognizing yeah. uh, our, our intent in our heart, but also some of yes. how we. Uh, some of our shortcomings as well. Yeah. Um, is there something else you want to add? Maybe is there an encouragement that you bring?
1: Yeah, just to very humbly say that I'm no expert and I haven't perfected these. Yeah. I've, I, I could talk for a whole nother half hour yeah. on the mistakes that I've made yeah. and um, how my own sin and downfalls have actually yeah. um, n- not cut it at times. But um, so I don't want to, I certainly do not want to sound like I'm,
0: yeah. I'm
1: trying to get down on the church or pastors or structures or yeah. any of those things because... Because I know um, in my heart that all of those things have been put in place to try and do, we're doing our best. I yeah. think people, most people
0: yeah.
1: are trying to do their best. Yeah. And so I, I, I don't think it's about trying to find a silver bullet. I think it's mm. about all of our leaders coming back to Jesus every day. yeah. To remember what who he's called us to be, and just and do our best, and trust the spirit to do the rest. Yeah. Because um, I think we can also fall into this trap of of um, making idols of problem solving. Yeah. Um, you know, making well. an idol of a book, um, yeah. or or a strategy. Yeah. Sorry, my daughter might be making lots of noise down here. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. sorry. Um, but I and I think there's great value to your books, the strategies, the programs, the podcasts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um but I I think uh yeah. rather than looking for the silver bullet, we need to come back to our faith and, mm. and humble ourselves before God. And that that would be my encouragement to the leaders out there. Yeah. Come back to Jesus, come back to the Word. There's yeah, a wealth yeah. of knowledge there. Humble yeah. yourself before God. Just try and do your best and trust that we're not actually important enough to stuff up God's breath. That's right. (laughs) Um, And love people as best you can.
0: Those are good words.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Beth. (laughs) Thanks for having me. Thank you, Hosanna. You say bye? Bye.
0: See ya. You've been with Trav Johnson on the Access the Story podcast, discovering more about faith formation, culture, and the story of God. Remember, follow us on accessthestory.com, or you can catch up with me on travjohnson.com.